I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burp Barf! Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> How you been? I'm great. Yeah? You, yeah? You've been great. I've been great. I'm on my way up. Yeah. We have all kinds of exciting stories, news, triumphs, tribulations. No, less tribulations, more triumphs, and just exciting things for spring, and we're getting in gear and being, you know people in the world again and also learning to race and getting ready to talk about buttholes <laughs> no actually I, don't, I actually Coming don't think hot. i actually don't think we have any butthole talk day mm. i could be wrong well i mean i'm sure i could conjure something from the last race if you All just right. give me a minute yeah yeah but first new patreons, patreons. Mm, should have practiced the harmonies uh first we'd like to say thank you to our new very lovely friend abby kirkpatrick Whose name we got right when we just said it now. Knew- Yay, Abby! Yay! Hi, friend. Our new friend from Running Club. I love this. She's the best. Also, Carrie Swafford! Welcome! Hi, You're Carrie! You're an official barfer. Welcome, Monica. Secret last name. Last name omitted for privacy. Maybe. <laughs> We're making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, we are. Thank you, Monica. Welcome. Oh. An old friend. Nicolette Watson. Welcome, Nicolette. Friend. Oh, we miss you, and yes. we love you, and we think you're the, the greatest. Uh, so we met her. We met you because we're talking to you directly into your ear bowls. Uh, at our very first speaking engagement. Yeah, we did. So geez. you have a special place in our hearts. You've been a long time Patreon, even if you're just doing this piece now. And then finally, our new Patreon, Heather. Last name starts with an S, and I'll be. <laughs> gentle and not say it because i feel like i'll just get it wrong stale thank you for joining us stale you rule Mm -hmm. hope you're running right now and did a little hop skip and a funny little dance on your bike path (laughs) (laughs) it's very prescribed advice i like it uh we would love to share with you a race that we did this winter called the winter wildcat so it was just a few weeks ago and we wanted to talk about it immediately i don't i don't think i've wanted to talk about a a race quite as immediate as this one in a while but i had a a road trip to new mexico that impeded our recording timeline yes Um, and he abandoned me for more than a day at a time which means that i just laid on the floor rocking back and forth and sobbing and nearly we both nearly perished to dust Except for that we FaceTimed four to six times a day every day. We're completely fine as individuals. We're whole and valuable whole beings. total people on our own. We don't have to be by each other all the time. Nor do we have to share every feeling, thought, or fart that we make. This is a very healthy relationship about any codependency. Hey! <laughs> I like this. <laughs> so the race we're talking about is the 2022 Winter Wildcat put on by Latanzi Navigation. Or actually, specifically, Tanzi Navigation. Yes. Um, which is Mark and Laura Latanzi. Just the most amazing, lovely powerhouse of orienteering peeps that we know. Mark Latanzi famously has written uh, an excellent book on orienteering. If you have not gotten into orienteering or want to read more about it, he's written a book called Squiggly Lines. And specifically, orienteering and navigation uh, in the context of adventure racing, which is a, is a pretty nuanced topic because mm-hmm. a lot of other navigation and orienteering books are actually focused on 
just getting around, not necessarily making route choices. And like, I've, I know I've alluded to this before, but there's a whole section on folding a map, which is not necessarily a thing that you need to focus on <laughs> in a non-race format, sure. but definitely one you do in a race format. So sure. the format of the Winter Wildcat, I think is really interesting. And what is it? Remind oh, me. Fun. I was there. Yeah, you were, you were definitely there. It was a 10 hour race. So two days a, in a row. It's a weekend of orienteering, and you they have a ten hour event on Saturday, a ten hour event on Sunday, and you can do just Saturday, just Sunday, both Saturday and Sunday if you want to. But eighty five percent of the racers involved did both days, which is yeah quite, quite a bit of doing that's both. really a lot. Um, and each day is in a row gain format, and for all you experienced folks, you can tune out for. 20 to 25 seconds, but I think it's important to give context for anybody that this is their very first episode. So a row gain event is where you, the morning of the race or the event, you get a big old map with a series of checkpoints or plotted points that you need to get to, and you get to decide how many checkpoints you think you can get to, what's the most efficient route, what are the most efficient points to get to. Get them in any order and decide the route in which you will attack them. And the points that are easier to get to are typically worth less points. Mm -hmm. And the Um, ones that are across a mile-long pond are more. Yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... You, there's a lot of strategy involved, and um, it ends up just being a really – it's just a really fun format. It is adventure. Oh, yeah. It is adventure. No, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And I, it's been a very long time since I have been <laughs> orienteering other than at, like, maybe nationals. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you could correct me on that. But it's been very few and far in between for me – for the last two years, it's just been slow for me because we didn't do our normal war series mm-hmm. and we haven't been adventure racing as much as pre-COVID. So we did an unusual thing here and uh, Annie broke off and raced solo on Saturday and Sunday. And then the rest of our teammates, myself, Laura and Amanda, which is our core Burf Barf racing team, open to new members and expansion pack teams, P.S., um, we raced as a three-woman team. And Which I, I just love this, and I actually, just the fact of stating this to other racers made them giggle. They they were like, oh, they sent their lead navigator off on their own, so they had to navigate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a good skill-building thing, and really this was strategic for us because we'd like to have three moderately good <laughs> navigators present. Don't you chuckle after moderately good. Oh, I'm saying we have one excellent navigator and a couple, and I'm moderately good, and then me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Laura, if moderately good makes you feel sad, but I mean it. No, I was saying give it. I was saying give yourself enough credit. Well, anyway, we'll get to that part. We don't want to bury the lead. Yeah. So uh, we want to be ready as a team for Adventure Race Nationals so that there are no weak links. And when I say weak links, I mean I'm not going to sleep in a ditch while everyone else looks at the map. And. It's there are just times in the longer events that my brain doesn't work, whether it's heat, tired, whatever. Um, and I've definitely found a lot of benefit to having support from my teammates navigationally, and it helps take the pressure off me so yeah. that I can perform better yeah. without the mental stuff in the way. Um, so I really, I really loved that we did it because. It just feels like a bossy thing to do. Oh, absolutely. And um, just a little follow-up from 
our last podcast on depression, I almost didn't go to this race because the week leading up to it, I started taking a new medication for depression and it was not the right one for me. Don't worry, I have since adjusted and don't feel like fucking killing someone in the street. Um, it made me feel bonkers and gave me a lot of anxiety. Uh, it wasn't the right one for my body chemistry, but the day before I had had a panic attack and then the morning we were supposed to leave, I had a panic attack and I've not had panic attacks in my life. So that was a pretty big surprise to me. Um, and I thought, what would be the best antidote to feeling <laughs> trapped? I think it would probably be to go race with my friends in the woods on a beautiful day. And boy, I'm so glad that I did. Um, and I had also, even the night before when we were in the hotel, the four of us preparing had really not mentally committed to even trying participating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought I would just latch my metaphorical carabiner on and be like, I'm here. This is the best I can do. I love you so much. That's all I got. And that's not at all what happened. I woke up feeling good. I was stoked to be in the woods with my friends. And I, as soon as I got the map, I was totally 100% on and ready to actually do work thank you for sharing that yeah um uh other things worth mentioning for this event so uh talking about like getting more females up to snuff from a navigational perspective so one of the things that i think should become standard practice in navigation races and adventure races is each teammate that wants one to get a copy of the maps i know i've said this before if it costs extra to add those onto the registration, totally understand. Think that should be an option. That's not on the RDs to just to eat that cost. But um, I think it's a real bottleneck for getting new racers into the sport to have more navigators available because it's one thing to become accustomed to the idea of being on your feet bike boat for for even four to eight hours mm -hmm. um it's a whole additional thing to add on the navigation piece so mm -hmm. i feel like my own experience leading um new women under the birth barf name at the buff Betty adventure race last year the that group of women had a really great time and it was all fun and not stress and fun mm -hmm. so that now they can those that are ready and want to can take the next step of doing the navigation and the hard physical effort piece so i just yeah. want to stress like having more copies of maps available. The standard at Winter Wildcat is that each team member gets a copy Which we of love. their own map. Because we'll never forget how silly we felt at our very first orienteering, or our very first adventure race ever, when we walked, we were walking back through the parking lot to get to our car, and Annie was like, oh, we only have one map. And I was like, yeah, that's what they gave us. And she was like, we should go back in and ask for another map. And we were like, hey guys, I uh, just want to know uh, how we can get another map and they were like oh <laughs> no we only give you one per team you dummies and we were like got oh. it. write that down okay. remember that and go back to the car yeah not necessarily a thing yeah so and like silly. i think Hard it was just learning. i think it was just a standard for a long time i agree so morning of we get our maps it's uh pretty chilly in the morning but totally clear maybe like between 20 and 30 degrees but crisp sunny clear and beautiful booger booger solidifying cold it was in the in the early morning mm -hmm. yeah um i i was stoked to get out there we had um we really really underestimated reg like regarding how many checkpoints we had planned to get we had sort of stayed moderately close to the like maybe this towards the center of the map and said here's what we think we'll do and we 
<laughs> immediately we're knocking off checkpoints and we 13 and a half minutes was our average for our first eight and we were like wow we really need to recalibrate and then turns out we didn't need to recalibrate because we got kicked in the nuts <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to set the scene a little bit yeah. here, too, on uh, landscapes. We were in sure. West Virginia on this giant, fucking beautiful Boy Scout reservation. It's my favorite uh, kind of place to holy be. Holy shit. I, Wherever there are Boy Scouts, there are amazing things to do and play with and see. I, I, I mean, obviously, in the past, I've had a really hard time getting behind the Boy Scouts, but I'm... The Scouts. It's the Scouts now. Not the Boy Scouts. All right. Cool. Because it, it is gender inclusive. The Scouts. Well, yeah. So they've had a philosophical shift. Yeah. But I've, in the past, I've had a hard time getting behind the Boy Scouts. And but here we are now. Yeah, here we are now. Uh, also, we've done events on Scout camp sites before. This is unlike anything. we. I mean, this it was... next level. Gigantic brand new buildings, facilities everywhere. Beautifully constructed bridges. Like, high level concrete bridges and sculptures and historical plaques and half pipes and half archery pipes. ranges yeah really astonishing you saw more of the amenities than we did because you went on the second day yeah but we still saw quite a bit of cool stuff yeah uh so that's the scene so you guys chugged along a bunch at the beginning also we so uh when we started on saturday uh we our kind of initial plan was the same, and I definitely had a little bit of like, <laughs> oh, my heart will go sad. on. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it's okay, it's okay, it's yeah. okay. So we like hit the first checkpoint together, hit the second checkpoint a little, started to like be a little bit staggered, and then I was like, it's okay, I can, I can just. I can just pull off. It's fine. Um, but I was like, I think I spent the first hour of the 10 hours being like, did I make a mistake? Did I just go with the also, rest of the team? I also felt that sadness for you. And then I was so busy actively looking at the map and trying to help. Hell yeah. Um, but I would like to note that even within the first hour of the race, Annie pulled away from us, not because she was running faster than us, because she was navigating better than us and just... I don't off. know. I would in looking at our two dots. So I I chose a different route than you after the second checkpoint, but I don't think I was ahead of you. Here's the math of the day. Annie beat us in points. I'm just going to skip ahead cuz I don't give a shit about the rules. <laughs> Annie hiked all day, vigorously hiked, and we ran almost all day and she still beat us. So a lot of our time was spent Putting three heads together and figuring out where to go next, we did get hung up on two different checkpoints, one of which was one that everybody else had a hard time finding, mm -hmm. but you attacked from a different direction and got it. Yeah. 20 or 60, I can't remember. 20, I got, you guys had a hard time with, we both had a trouble with 60, neither one of us got it. We both had trouble with 20, I got it. Well, good for you. Yeah, I will say good. <laughs> I finally old man and jean shorts somebody, which is when yeah, yeah. you're not going nearly as fast, but by simple efficiency things, you're able to come out in front. But um, honestly, you guys, I think you would have come out ahead with like the tiniest, tiniest tweaks. So hmm. for example, uh, 
well, let's see. Oh, we said we're not, we're, we don't give a fuck to the timeline. No so more we're, linear we're gonna, shit. We're, we're just going to skip just around wherever we in. want. Our video is mirrored. Time and space is flat. <laughs> Nothing matters. Okay. Uh, so when you went in to turn in your punch at the end of the event, your, the, your team of three, you got your little printout oh, that oh said God. what your oh checkpoints God. got. And one of the checkpoints said, already visited. And the three of them were like, well, what is this? I want to make sure that we get our we get our points. And they went back up to the... the... On the, on the I would like to clarify that the last checkpoint we went looking for was... One of the last checkpoints we went looking for was close to this creek. And we spent a lot of time going up and down the creek side looking for it. And Laura was... I, I'm confident that she won't be mad at me for saying this. She was possessed in a crazy Annie Nationals way. And Amanda and I were looking at each other and doing that thing that Laura and I usually do behind you, going, we got to get out of here now. Got to get her And out. this was at the end? Yeah. Okay. And we found it, and we were thrilled that we found it. I can't remember if that was the last one we got or the third to last one we got, but we were determined to get this particular checkpoint. And then you ran it in after that, right? Oh, like, like flew. Yeah. And then we discovered when Laura took the chit back up to Latanzi that that was one that we had gotten first. It was the first checkpoint we got of the day. And this is why, just a little pro tip, you take a Sharpie and you mark out the checkpoints that you've accomplished as you go. Do you disagree? Oh, no. Also, it's hard when you don't have a passport. So because you're doing e-punch, which yes. makes a lot more sense in a lot of ways, you mm-hmm. can get your results downloaded immediately. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier on the race organizers. Yep. The Latanzi's organizers. You said it. They, But if you don't have a physical passport that you're punching each checkpoint stop, i got to talk with my hands, uh, then you don't have a way to keep track yes. of what you've gotten and to so already. That was our mistake. But we did feel... it. it <laughs> We felt called out, but in a good way. We got to get prizes for being the ding-dongs of the day. We got to (laughs) go up and pick out t-shirts or bottles of wine or weird snuggies if you wanted them um, for just being the the dummy anecdote of the day. Yeah, which is great. I'm fine with that. You also weren't the only dummy anecdotes of the day. True. Yeah. And it's funny because it's with this kind of racing, your perception of how you're doing and then, like, sometimes days later, idea. finding out. I mean, and we didn't even know how we placed when we finished or after the award ceremony. And you, you just don't know until days later when all of the results are in. So it's really hard to, to like, compare those two things. Because we were like, we're fucking crushing. And then we were like, did we get first? No. Second? No. No. Anything up? No? Okay. No. No. and it is it's such a weird experience and it's one of the things that i love and hate about orienteering while you're out there you have no idea how you're doing no you don't know how other people are doing you don't know how you're doing Mm -mm. you can't gauge like am i doing great for me am i doing bad for me and then you get to the end and you're like okay these are my results how does that compare to anybody else it's such a weird experience and like it's also kind of like centers you a little bit because You'll never know how you're doing, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. That That is very helpful. Like, unlike racing in any other way, you're not, like, the mind game thing is not, like, because if you see someone fly by you, it could mean absolutely it, nothing. It could mean nothing. They could be way behind you. They could yeah. be fucking up real yeah. bad. Yeah. They could be running back to the finish to stop at four hours yeah. for the day. Who knows? Who knows? 
We also completely miscalculated the level of density of the wood when we saw like dark green areas on the map. And when we got there, we were like, oh, this is actually quite runnable. The rhododendrons were not as dense as we expected them to be, and the forest was not as brushy as we expected it to be. Yeah. So a lot of the sections where we thought we were going to have to slow down considerably, we didn't have to at all. Which or there were like, spots that I just decided to go around entirely d- based on the vegetation yeah. marked on the map, which was the... I've never been able to use the border of a vegetation as accurately as I have in this map. It was a really map. good map. It was map. astonishing. It was cool. It was astonishing. Yeah. But yeah, in my mind, anytime rhododendron, rhododendron is present in an area, the only roto go. I think of is the roto at Shoplobe. Which is impossible to pass. That roto, bro. Roto. I mean, you have to frodo, you have to frodo the roto. You have to frodo the roto, bro. You have to get down like a hobbit. And crawl. And that was not the case here. I actually had a whole hillside that I glissaded in snow under an entire patch of roto. Wow. It was, it freezed my butt cheeks off, but it was very <laughs> fast. There was, um, there was also a lot of cliffs in this area, like red clay cliffs. Because of strip mining. And we had expected that we were going to have to be really careful about not cliffing out when we were trying to make an attack. And it turned out that that never happened to us, which I was really grateful for. We were really cognizant of, like, the walls were really clear on the map of where the cliffs were, and we didn't get to the edge of anything and pull an Ozark bluff off. Well, good for you. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was one of the things that we did well. And then I got out my base jumping wingsuit and I (laughs) flew down, got stuck in a roto. So I won. (laughs) Um, I had a really, like, crystal clear, lovely moment we were on this ridge line looking for this hidden thing. I can't even remember if we found it. My race stories have nothing to do with winning or checkpoints. They're just about my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the top of this ridge line and we had split up just a little bit to look in three different directions. And I put my shell on and zipped it all the way up with my hood up because the wind was blowing so hard that it was probably like between 10 and 15. And I was like, yes, this feels so fucking good i just felt like it felt dangerous and exciting and it felt like a real mountain even though i know it's not the west but it was just like it was that moment of like we're doing something relatively intense man and it made like it just been a minute yeah i just got all my blood pumping and i like looked back at them and i had like the crazy eye and i was Mm -hmm. like they're like did you find it and i was like no i like it i like it here So unhelpful, Lauren. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I, oh man, it's going to feel wily. It feels really good. <laughs> also, just just to put that in comparison with how you were feeling just the night before about, or just the day before about, like, I think I might need to stay home. Yeah, I almost stayed home and then I almost didn't even care about looking at a map. And I ended up, I, I think there was only maybe one checkpoint where Laura was so intense about it that I was like, okay, whatever you like. We'll just go with you. And the rest, I was like, hmm, I really think this. I really think this. I really think that. And we were just kill- I mean, Laura was the- our driving force for sure. But Amanda and I were also like part of the game. And it was, it felt good and cohesive. And it's always just like a really big boon and like just juicy and delicious to be with really competent, really calm women and to always be learning from each other and just feel like, golly i have some cool ass friends it was dope and it's just a great like 
putts around day in the woods. Like, and I used air quote on putts. Um, Oh no, there was some putzing. There was some shenanigans where, you know, just eating candy and dancing. And usually it's me and Amanda, like looking at each other, like, (laughs) and like faces covered in like chip crumbles, like, (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. (laughs) So yeah. Also in, in the record of, uh, teammates and fucking up names. It's Amanda Bolay. Is it really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I I don't trust myself with people's names at all our anymore. Our good new Patreon, Allie, and our teammate nope. Bully. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I actually I actually kind of pride myself on getting names right. So this is like two really mark bad marks in my record. I don't say people's last names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh, my day in being solo because uh, it's been a minute since I've done solo stuff, so I consider it to be a That's strength- not true. You've done races this year solo. You've done orienteering races this year solo. Yes, but not the same way you were saying, like, it's been a minute since you've been, like, doing an adventurous epic thing. Like, okay. Okay. not a small thing. So, I mean, like, Got it. it's been a minute since I've done a... Uh, an eight hour plus thing okay. solo. All right. Or like even like a big bike training ride or a the big board will accept. training ride. All Accepted. Right. I'm glad that appeal was successful. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of social stuff and group runs and have not been like training a ton solo. And social stuff, read partying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, partying, partying for sure. Uh, so. One of the things that I had kind of intended to get out of this weekend experience was, like, getting back to a piece of uh, behavior that I know that I enjoy, which is being solo. I'm good at it, and I like it. Um, So it was really cool to be doing that on Saturday, and one of the things I identified in my time being alone, and boy... I'm not sure how to work on this, so, you know, I'll crowdsource uh, burf barf people about this. I recognize that when I fuck up Nav when I'm alone, I can throw that out mentally. Oh, because you're really not responsible easy. for anyone else. And when I am leading the team, I, I feel like I need to, like, no one flog myself. Cares. I know. No one cares. No one cares. I, and I can I can see that, but it just, I, it. It's just like a DNF. No one's going to wake up the next day and be like, you know what? We thought you were cool. Yeah. But not anymore. I know. But it's it's just a lot of pressure. So one of the things I'm trying to work on is like, hey, like after I make a nav mistake, there's literally nothing else that can be done about it. And that, like, I know that you guys know that I'm taking it seriously and I'm not goofing off. So it's like, I don't need to reassure y'all about that. Um, but yeah, I just, cause I know like, yeah, leading the team navigationally is really stressful in my head. So I'm working on just being like, I don't, I guess I'm working on not giving a flying fuck about what you guys think, even though I know you don't, there's just no reason to expend that energy when you could be focusing it on the next thing. For sure. Yeah, And it makes me think about when we got lost in the Ozarks and I found myself being more stressed and worried about other people worrying about me mm-hmm. than my actual own personal experience in that moment. 
Yeah. I was a totally free agent at the time, pretty much. Even I mean, Scotty was in my life, but he didn't know that I was as dangerous as I am. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like I give too much of a flying fuck about what other people think in my day-to-day life. And somehow, and probably because I hold all of you, all of y'all so dear and mm-hmm. deep to my heart, mm-hmm. I just want to be doing the best that I can yeah, but, for you. But un- no one is perfect. No, unload your sled Yeah. of the garbage feeling of guilt. Yeah. Totally useless to you. And us. <sighs> I've been talking in therapy about, like, when I do the work to, like, set down a heavy thing, not picking it back up. So I just need to work mm. on setting this heavy thing down and yeah. leave it. Yeah, don't eat food that you throw on the floor. Annie, take? No, no, leave it. Annie, leave. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> so that was that was one of my takeaways from Saturday is, like, yeah. oh, like, I need to maintain the same uh, calm composure that I can by myself when I have other people that are relying on me in that same way. I have another very groovy takeaway. I spend time talking with my solid, solid bud, Taylor Bud. <laughs> and uh, she and I were talking today about this concept of kintsuki, which is the, uh, I believe, Japanese art of like when an item breaks that it's repaired with like a gold. gold. Yeah. I know of the this. golden joinery. So I feel like when we're talking about mental health again as it relates to racing, I did come into this race like feeling shattered, like really, like busted up. Like I'm a broken person that I'm not even sure I can be a social person in the world mm-hmm. and like glued it together with some broken Chips, chips, tailwind, boogers, friendship, those kinds of glues. And I thought, you know, it like being a perfect, solid person, like you're talking about, like being this perfect, like racer that knows just where we're going all the time. That's not what makes this an enjoyable affair. If we if there was a great level of ease and we got all the checkpoints and we ran as you know we ran perfectly and we could run so well and so fast and we always won like that would not be the journey that would not be the joy of this and for me like I feel supported very much by this adventure racing community people came up to me the morning of this race and after the race to say thank you so much for what you shared on the podcast and I tried really hard not to cry but I felt like I came in with the golden cracks of, like, dealing with mental illness right now and mental health, and, like, that's what made me feel beautiful. Oh, no, we did it. We did it to ourselves again. We come here to cry, laugh, and fart. Yeah. So, thanks, Taylor, for that beautiful insight into, like, what a beautiful thing that adventure racing does for me and the community. Jesus Christ, the community. I know. It Ugh. was it was really a shot in the arm. Woo boy. So thanks. I feel good now. <laughs> so we got done with day one. We were wind chapped to high <laughs> fucking fuck. <laughs> oh my god. We will post a picture of how insane we all look, especially me. And also no Laura too. So sun and windburned that we looked like... I haven't been that windburned, I don't think, ever. Oh, I knew knew it was coming. When I came in and I had the heat wawas from running an eight-minute mile, which is what we always do at the end of a race, I could feel, like, the heat radiating off of my face. And Annie 
showed a picture of me next to one of a coal miner, and I was like, oh, that's the same, that's the same person. Oh, God. We looked just, insane. Oh, we my nose so rough. was so ouchy, and it, I d- hadn't been blowing it, and my lip, oh, God. It just, oh, yeah. It felt like it was Salty, about to crack and bleed any minute. Boogery, wind-chapped horror shows. <laughs> and then we ate Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> Get the poop to slide right out. <laughs> we ate the saltiest fries we've ever eaten, so our faces and bodies were just filled with salt. Yay. Oh, God. <laughs> it was such a good event. Like, oh. It really, it was. <laughs> I feel like I haven't had a good race-provided dinner in, oh, like, yeah. Maybe Adventure Race Nationals? I keep wanting to hold that because I keep assuming, don't listen to this in your minivan with your children. I just wanted to say, <laughs> just filled all, it filled all my holes. Yeah, filled all my holes with <laughs> food, salt, and gold cracks. Salt, <laughs> Vaseline, love, <laughs> kinship. Yeah, yeah. So you guys oh headed home on Saturday evening, which we is crazy to me, had but a okay. Hysterical time. Amanda, what time did you get home? 11.30. That's not crazy. That's not crazy. Amanda was worried that she had not previously asked me if I was a Taylor Swift fan. <sighs> and her friends were like, so I know you've got new friends, but like, did you ask them if they're Swifties? And she was like, I feel real nervous about it because I don't, I just don't know if that's a cool thing to do. And I'm like, what if they don't? And then I'll be really hurt. And I was like, I literally grabbed her arm in the car and I was like, you don't even know. We talked about like Taylor Swift's whole history like everyone she's dated our favorite albums our favorite lyrics everything and we just and calm toys during this time was sitting in the back seat phoning like a 16 year old and occasionally popping in to sing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also did some screaming of celine dion and celine dion. some other meatloafy level garbage mm, good. Uh, but now we are truly fused by our hearts for we are swifties to think I was just sleeping in a hotel room. <laughs> I missed it. I, so how was your day two? So day two, another 10-hour day. Um, I felt real fucked up after the first day. Like Yeah, because you had said you weren't even sure if you, like, you were like, yeah. maybe I'll go, maybe I'll phone it in. Yeah, I was joking with Abby Perkis and Brent Freed. Brent F. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Last names. Um <laughs> God, man, I I think I've just gotten in my own head. It's like it's like when you tell yourself don't lock your keys in the car, and then you're like, I just did it. <laughs> um, but they were also doing day two, and we were like, are we just we can just go to a movie and get some beers, right? Let's do that. Yes, but you know that historically, every time we say like we'll go and we'll just do what we can, we end up being like, well, yeah, peel your face off. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. So it was very freeing to be like, I can go in the morning, and if I look at the map and I think not today fuckers <laughs> i just won't i just won't or if i go and i'm like two hours that's it really the whole is thing. it is freeing to say like whatever yeah. i want to do i'll just yeah do. it's like when they it's like uh don't commit to doing a five mile run just go out and say you're gonna do 15 minutes after 15 minutes you're not going to stop right you really won't boy um, i could use that so wisdom right now i felt i felt real crunchy after the first day um, and got up Sunday morning and it was supposed to be much nicer on Sunday, which ended up being nicer. It was a lot more sunny, but it was still very cold in the morning. It was actually colder in the morning than it was the first day. And then was supposed to get hotter than the first day later in the day on the second day, 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 one, two. 
for, one, for two, one, two. crunchiness perspective, I couldn't walk for three more days after oh, that wow. day. Yeah. So wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, got my map. Uh, there was kind of a... There was kind of a sensical way that there was like a northern loop where the points were more compacted together and then a southern loop where they were maybe worth a little bit more but spread out more. So I told myself, well, I'm going to do the northern more compacted loop and then we'll see what happens. And I had mapped out some stuff in the southern loop. Um, it was really cool because, again, of how large this scout camp was, the day one map did not didn't maybe overlap the day two map two kilometers How maybe he even set it all up i know he and laura both set the points they're so baller and also yeah. so kind and yeah. lovely what a good combo skillful and nice and good looking very very good looking <laughs> like they're both really cute yeah <laughs> um anyways <laughs> so uh so I mapped out my route. I started out, I did some sensual orienteering right off the bat because I was like, which uh, newbies, sensual orienteering is when you don't actually know where you're going. You just go, go where you, you go by feel. So there That's was this, body wants. There's this giant suspension bridge that was outside of the, what, the conference center? What mm -hmm. the fuck would you call yeah. that? The lodge? Yeah. Um, and I was like. I don't even know where I originally planned to go up, but I want to go over the suspension bridge while I'm here, so I'm going to go across the suspension bridge, and I'll figure out later. Luckily, that was the general direction I needed to go, so oh, that good. all worked out well. Oh, good. Um, pulled a few, like, old man jump-ahead moves, which I was stoked about. There were some people going uh, back and forth on some switchbacks up to a checkpoint. I just slid on the snow on my ass down to the road and was like... See you later! <laughs> um, I love being the person that's like, why are we going on the trail? Take the tangent. Oh, I, I will say the day before, there were there was a group of women, like, staring at, a at like, a small creek. Like, God, how do we... And we just all, like, Cl Clydesdaled through it and we're like, yeah, get dirty I, and wet. I feel like that is a burf barf tradition since the very first adventure yeah. race at No Sleep when there, it was us and like oh, three yeah. men just kind of pacing back and forth. And I was like, doesn't make a difference. And then <laughs> so she swam like, who is the horse from Artax? Oh, she yeah, went Artax. straight into the mud swim. Well, Artax Dies. died in the mud. Yeah, I didn't. You fared better. I'm still alive, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go back to your switchbacks. Yeah, yeah, go back to switchbacks. Um, so, uh, did the did the northern loop? It was interesting because, um, and I still would love. I, I love a race debrief with navigation events because I was on the this like northern loop and I ended up going counterclockwise. I'm pretty sure every single other person went. Wait, clockwise. I went clockwise. Oh, they went counterclockwise, and I was like, "What? What did I? What did I miss?" <laughs> I don't. Maybe it didn't matter. I, maybe it didn't matter. But um, one of the thing, fun things he did at this event and do at other orienteering events is stick like a twenty dollar bill on a checkpoint, mm. and if you happen to be the first person at that checkpoint, you get to yoink a few hard hard dollars cash, cold cash dollars. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> I'm not having a stroke. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to this first checkpoint that was in the middle of a swamp. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> 
and I got to yank off the tiger tail that was attached to it, which meant I got 20 bucks from Latanzi at Everybody the end of the event. Everybody loves a good random tiger tail Fuck hanging yeah. from a tree. If you did like the sport you did before, you're wrong. <laughs> Come do this one. Yeah. There's weird shit hanging from trees, and you can get $20 oh, for winning it. And I had to shimmy out on a log to get the checkpoint and grab the tiger tail. Hell it yeah. was so fun. But then again... So, again, having these moments of, like, yeah, I'm the first one here. Sorry. And then I was like, wait, why am I, why am I the only yes, one that's you're like, going to this, this one? Right? Shit. This feels, it's sort of like uh, the, the adventure racing version or, or orienteering version of Prem's. Where it's like, whoever finishes this particular lap the fastest oh, yeah. gets this. So, or like, King of the Mountain, Queen yeah, of the Mountain. Yeah, you can, stuff. like, blow it out to go get a tiger tail. Yeah. Or you could be strategic. Yeah. So there are, but still, don't do those sports. Do this one. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things that was interesting about day two is that because it was in the like, I'll say the more like um, established camp building sections. I think because they had cut a lot more of the woods back, there was a shit ton more briars in the oh, camp section, which was oh. very surprising because mm. the first day being in the woods, it was like we didn't get like super chewed up. Oh, yeah, and you have a boo-boo on your inner arm that's been there I for know. weeks. It, it looks, is nar nar. It looks tough as shit. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> yeah, it is. Meow, 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 So, uh, lots of briars everywhere. Um, I ran into Alyssa Gadeski, who is a new friend of the pod now and also has her own podcast, Iron Women, that's been running for several years um, and who just got done doing Barkley. No bigs. She's a real badass um, and a very cool person. And so we, about halfway through the northern loop, as we were going opposite directions, we ran into each other. And, like, it's just, it just... It just tickles me because we're like, oh, are you having a good time? Yes. Like, this is awesome. Like, Aww. we were next to, a, like, a mountain bike racing course, and we were just like, wow, this is amazing. And Alyssa uh, had gotten a briar across her face and just had, like, a whole half face covered in blood. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to tell her. And then I was like, it doesn't matter. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> There's blood on your... It's good to see you. Yep. Bye. Have fun. Bye. Yeah. What are you what are you gonna do? Clean no, it off yeah. so you look good for your race pictures? Nothing. No. 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 I think at some points Amanda had both food and blood on her face and I just oh. turned around and smeared both of my hands down her face and she was like, Thank you. Good. <laughs> good. For once I didn't have chocolate on my face. It was blood. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the Northern Loop and thought like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to call it after the Northern Loop's done. That's enough to have done a thing. And then I was like, oh, man, it's only been like four hours. I can't stop it. Four hours. I got to go out on the southern section. So I restocked my water at the water point out on the course and headed out on the southern loop um, and uh had a great time, had a pretty clean navigation, except for one, there was one one checkpoint. Actually, there were several checkpoints where I had Stephanie Ross in my head going, the shortest distance between two lines is a straight line, or two, two points, points is a straight line. line. And how uh, usually, like, she always opts to go the shortest distance. And there was a few, like, there was a checkpoint that it was right on a power line cut. Straight down a re-entry, straight up a hill. Otherwise, you had to go around this whole re-entrant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, down I go. Oh. And I was did right? the power line cut. Fuck yeah, it was. Nice. And I got to afterwards, somebody was like, yeah, we talked about doing the power line cut, but decided not to do that. I said, 
I did. And they were like, you did? You must have got a lot of gain. I was like, I did. That's awesome. It was. It felt really good. I would have done it just for that moment of recognition. Oh, um, from the day before, real quick anecdote. We really wanted to say hello to another team of three women who were racing. But we were all three pace counting. And, t- and like one of us was taking the bearing. And we were like really, really on it. And they were like, hi, guys. And we're like, hello. And then... We're like, you guys having fun? Yeah. And the one of the women go, oh, suck balls. <laughs> I just that made us laugh for the rest of the oh, day. That's so good. But we couldn't be as friendly as we want. We want. We couldn't be like, you don't suck balls. You're a powerful woman, and we love you. Yeah. We were like, three, four, oh, six, gosh. nineteen, southwest, one hundred and eighty-one. Just like couldn't couldn't stop what we we're doing. Sorry. No. Continue. I, I, I want all the we anecdotes. Timeline be damned. Left. Um, but yeah, so I, I was really on my navigation except for one time I thought I had gone across a re-entrant to where I intended to, but I had just like come back up the same side and was like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> just shot you back out. I was like, Whoop. essentially went down, down into a ditch, did a 360, was like, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> it was like, good for me. And then I came up, I was like, okay, when I come out of the entrance, I need to go right. And I was like. The mountains on the wrong side. <laughs> what did I do? Um, and then I also got to do a few checkpoints with two other women, which I want to say it was Megan and Jody, but I'm fucking that up. But anyways, we did a few checkpoints together, which was a blast because it was their first time racing together. I had actually seen one of them at Buff Betty prior. Um, so we were chatting a bit and we were all just kind of feeling like the same thing of like, we said we'd do like two hours. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Great. Mm-hmm. And they were doing their last checkpoint. We're going to go back in. I was like, surely you're going to go for this one, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, we weren't, but we will. So I dragged another checkpoint out of them, which was cool. Oh, awesome. And then we got back to the start finish and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done, you know? And then we're like getting closer and closer and I'm like, God damn it, I've got like 45 minutes and they were getting ready to walk in and they walk in the building and I was like, I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Went and got one more checkpoint, and it only took, like, I don't know, like, 16 minutes, so it was totally worth it to go get it, And I, but I felt really, garbage ever. I know, I felt really proud to go get it and finish it up, and um, I actually, my body ended up feeling way better after day two than it that did makes day sense. one. That makes sense to me. I didn't move for literally days. I know. I always want not moving to be the answer, but it's, it's not. not. It's always moving. It's always moving. It's always moving. So, yeah, I think I ended up, out of the two days, I ended up, like, 17th overall. And that's out of, like, individuals, teams of two, teams of three, teams of four, whatever. I have no idea. Um, But I was super stoked because I just... Do you know how you did amongst solo women? No. I think Alyssa was the only one that went ahead of me, but she did Barkley. So, second, maybe. Who knows? Sweet. Um, Most importantly... The overall winners of the events over the two days got giant hooded blankies in cheetah print or leopard print, most Mm -hmm. specifically, to match the winter wildcat theme. And the male winner said he couldn't take it on the plane back to Austin because it would not fit in his luggage. Doesn't matter the reason or if he just didn't want it. Mark Latanzi said... The whoever demonstrates the most enthusiasm oh my will God, get why this. Why did you tell her to do this? She might as well have done a backflip while lighting her socks on fire. So I screamed at the top of my lungs, thinking that I was going to have to beat out other people to get it. 
it and you was, were the only person making noise in the whole cafeteria? I think I was just the only one screaming in the whole cafeteria, which... No one will ever say course. that we're not enthusiastic. So this we've got. I felt weird for about five minutes, and to quote Lauren Kraft, she said, gotta be you. Yeah, you do. And I'm a person that screams for a leopard print hoodie oh, yeah. blanket. Oh, yeah. If I'm in, like, a stadium, well, if I'm in, like, a hall of 500 people, and they're like, who wants to come up and jump into the hoop of fire? I'm going to be like, it's me, dummies. It's me. Also, it occurs to me that I have a track record of this kind of asinine shit. You do? When we did She Ventures, <laughs> and there was oh, a and, circus oh performer. Oh, my God. Speaking of fire, someone juggled fire above Annie's face. They were asking for volunteers, and turns out they already had a preset of children that were going to come volunteer. They were not really asking for adults. So six foot Annie got to sit to go up next to three foot tall little people and lay in a row on the ground. It was very cute. I am who I am. Gotta be you. All right. So that was Winter Wildcat. You should do it next year as we feel like you should do almost every event that we do. But Winter Wildcat, the timing is great because it was like end of winter, early season, it was so nice to have a thing to look forward to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was such, this is such a weird pocket. And especially historically, we've done show at the beginning of February. So like being able to have this in that same time window mm -hmm. was, it, uh, it was great. It was a lot of it fun. It was really good. So thanks Mark and Laura for a thanks, really guys. outstanding race. You're amazing. Um, we want to say something great about other women who are incredible just recently, the Barkley Marathons ate its young, and no one finished, as happens many years. The course won. But? 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 There hasn't been a female fun runner, which is a three-loop finisher, in over ten years. The last woman to have gotten it being Bev Anderson-Abs, who's a real badass. However, this year... Jasmine Paris got a fun run. We are so fucking stoked on this i cannot say enough in fact i think our tequila shot before our group run on wednesday will be toasted to ms jasmine paris it absolutely will and must be oh god what a babe we are stoked on this and it's if you not don't, impossible and if you don't know jasmine paris you should from her overall win at the spine race a notoriously difficult long long race in england where she won overall while breast pumping. Yeah, you can't fuck with women. You can't make this shit up. No, you cannot. In other Barclay-related news, over the course of the last seven years, I've been having nightmares about the Barclays <laughs> because my friend Annie is an intense human being, and she does things really hard. And sometimes I have this little sense of FOMO about her doing something that I cannot or don't want to do. In past years, I've had nightmares where... The Barclays is an uh, is a figure eight loop with like an infinity sign, an infinity sign with hidden treasure underground, and you have to unearth actual treasure boxes. And I have dreamt that I was running in the figure eight with her, and then come to the end to think that I actually accomplished it. And she's like, "Lauren, I've I did it. I've been here for like a day. Like I finished the whole thing. I got all the charms from the boxes. Like I did it." And I'm like, "I was behind you the whole time. How did you do it?" And you were like. I didn't see you in the interlupal. I don't know. I just passed you. And so this past weekend, I had a nightmare <laughs> that we were preparing for a 50K. And I thought that neither one of us was very prepared. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I don't think. We should just go hiking. And I turn around and Annie's in her original gear from her first ever 100 miler. She's wearing her white wubby pack 
and like a sports bra and like whatever color shorts you had at your first very first race the same shoes old navy bike shorts no old doubt old navy bike shorts and she and she says to me yeah i'm not going to go hiking with you i'm going on the barclay loop and i was like what's the barclay loop and she, she's like not the barclay the barclay loop it's a 48 hour race and i'm ready and i'm going to do it and i know that you're not and i'm like but what am I going to do today? And she's like, I don't know. Figure it out. And she left for the Barclay Loop. And I'm just standing at the base of this snow-covered mountain watching kids do a one-mile fun run. Some other people going out for a 5K. Other people going out for a 50K. And my friend going off for a 48-hour loop in the mountains. And I just think, what did I do? What did I do? I'm sorry I did the Barclay Loop without you. <laughs> Me too. I apparently have some fears. I'm not going anywhere. Thanks, baby. As we've already established, we have a very healthy, completely codependent relationship. It's totally fine. I don't dream about you leaving me. <laughs> 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 Lastly, we have a small commercial for you. Uh, coming up at the second weekend of May this year <laughs> at Willow Creek Retreat Center in near Athens, Ohio, is the women's adventure an introduction to women's adventure racing hosted by burf barf and fluff bakery mm -hmm. called bushwhack annie what would you say that one more time uh, bushwhack bushwhack <laughs> leave me alone i i i love it okay i mean if you know you know and if you don't you will yeah <laughs> uh but this will be held on the weekend of may 13th Mm -hmm. And it will be, as stated, an introduction to Adventure Race uh, for women, put on by women. Um, there will be camping and some lodging opportunities available. And we will be going through some introduction to orienteering, skills and tools that you need. Running, and really hiking, any yoga, delicious food. Really talking through anything that might be limiting your mind or your body from thinking that this is something that you can do because we want more women in adventure racing. Registration is open now on Eventbrite. You can find links to it through our Burf Barf Facebook or our Burf Barf Instagram. We're so excited about this, and not least of all because of the owner of Fluff Bakery, Jessica Kay, and the enthusiasm she has for women, mm -hmm. her community, and women in the outdoors. Also, I'd like to say sponsored by Tinar Race Series. Um, our good friend Samuel Hartman, friend of the podcast, friend in real life, um, his race series is going to be one of our title sponsors. So we're very excited to partner with him because he cares very much about getting women into sports. Yeah. So those are some like things that are coming up. Not to mention like just changing gears a little bit. We are doing the Berryman Adventure Race. Actually, before that, we're doing the Death, Death March. March bike ride in two weekends. It's a it's a checkpoint finding gravel bike race. I love the idea of this race so much. It's very cool. So it's called the Death March Ride because it is cemetery to cemetery. I'm so stoked. <laughs> Themed orienteering. I know. Race. I know. I need to I need to buy my stupid outfit immediately. I'm going to be crude. Cover your ears. I just came. <laughs> But I'm so, I'm just, I, whoop, I'm so stuck for this. I'm going to smash my microphone into my face. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for that at the end of March. And then we have the Berryman Adventure Race 
like a week, two weeks after that, uh, which will okay. be our first Burp Barf Racing Adventure Race of 2022, if you can believe Yay. it. Um, so good things coming up. Nice weather's happening. Um, and maybe last, certainly not least, because I can't resist sharing, because I, I feel like we have to share at some point. We've been doing a group run on Wednesdays. We've alluded to it. Yeah. If you notice any hesitation in our voice, it's only because... It's precious to us. It's very precious to us. We care about it. It's special. We care about it so much we've been hogging it for ourselves. But now we'd like to very gingerly and nervously... Share it with all of you. The Granville Run Club. (laughs) The Granville... The Granville Running Club meets at the Seek No Further Cidery. In Granville, Ohio, at 6.15 for a 15-minute warm-up, and at 6.30 for a 5K run every Wednesday night, followed by ciders, friendship, and a shared time around the hearth. If you come and you're an asshole, we'll never forgive you. (laughs) You will be disinvited. (laughs) However, we can't say enough how much we like this group and this run. Hosted by our... My main main, <laughs> Aaron Olber. Return who, of the Mac, Aaron Olber. <laughs> he's the most enthusiastic creature who ever lived. And also kind of co-hosted and supported by Trent Beers, who's the owner of Seek No Further. Just the most lovely, tender, wonderful human beings we have met in a long time. And uh, we're extending this invitation to you because we love you enough to share with you the things that we love. So... Come join all of these cool people. Don't be a dick. Hold hands with us. And especially as the weather gets warmer, there's there's no reason you should be anywhere else on a Wednesday. I kind of agree with that. Join us. Until next time. We are. Burp, burp. Burp.